best ways to engage the business sector as we're fundraising during this economic calamity. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Ann Merkel. Ann is a senior executive with the National Bank of Indianapolis, and she ably serves on the board of visitors of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy, which is the home of the fundraising school. Ann, I hope that you're safe and well, and thank you so much for being with us on this fundraising school podcast. Thank you, Bill. Yes, I am well, and I'm very happy to, to have the invitation to talk with you this afternoon. Now, I know that the nonprofit sector is near and dear to your heart. Certainly, your professional work through the bank is you have nonprofits that are clients and nonprofits that the bank financially supports, but also I know within your household where you volunteer and you donate to the causes that matter most to you. And here at the Fundraising School, we continue to receive this question. How can I fundraise from the business sector when every time I open up my news on my tablet, my device, and so forth, I hear not the Great Recession, but the Great Depression, right? That it's really, those numbers are kind of in that context. What advice do you have for fundraisers during times such as this? Um, I think that fundraisers do need to be cognizant of the fact that many businesses are experiencing a financial impact. Um, however, uh, the good news uh, to that is that uh, corporations have been very generous. Uh, I think that whenever we see a crisis, uh, that businesses do step up to the plate in a big way. Uh, I think an example that we have here that uh, has been amazing to watch is the um, the community relief uh, COVID-19 fund that has been uh, put together in a very short amount of time and is being administered by the United Way of Central Indiana uh, in the, by the end of April, so maybe a month's time, they raised over $23 million from individuals as well as uh, other foundations and businesses. Um, We've also seen a lot of businesses support uh, the Indy Chamber and its relief fund, uh, which is then providing funding to short-term funding to businesses so that those businesses can continue. So definitely, um, philanthropy is, is still very much alive and well. Um, I think that, that fundraisers simply need to be uh, cognizant of the environment, um, but it's still very important to continue to keep the lines of communication open uh, with corporate funders uh, and, and not be afraid to develop, just be realistic in, in the ask. You know, and those examples that you gave are, are truly remarkable that that financial giving has been happening uh, as the, you know, kind of the business sector has been contracting, the economy has been contracting during this time in, in such strong ways, historic ways. Um, and yet we, we see that, that financial giving continue. In fact, one of the first stories I saw about the first $8 billion that were donated uh, when the pandemic hit, about half was attributed to the business sector. So we do know that the financial giving is still going on. What are you hearing? Because I know uh, as you are a leader at the bank, uh, that oftentimes the request for financial support across your desk, uh, what types of calls and communications have you been receiving from nonprofits uh, as this pandemic has really settled in? Most of the communications that I'm receiving are from organizations where we have uh, 
agreed to sponsor an event or a, a performance series. Um, many of these organizations are having to cancel events as well uh, as really taking a very hard look at um, what's going to happen uh, not only in the next 60 or 90 days, but at what point are we going to be able to come together again uh, for civic and artistic uh, activities? So most people are reaching out and saying, here's what we're thinking about, here's what this is going to mean to your exposure as a, a corporate sponsor. You have a business to run, you have clients who you serve. Yeah, we here from fundraisers want to be so sensitive to donors, including those in the business sector. You know, should I contact them now? Is it okay? You know, how, how do you feel about that? Because again, you have those resp other responsibilities with the bank. What advice do you have for nonprofits who, again, out of sensitivity, uh, maybe don't want to seem like they're crossing some sort of a, a line of insensitivity during these times? Well, I think it's, it's probably in everybody's best interest for um, the fundraiser to reach out and to update your corporate donor, just like you would your, your individual donors, on where your organization is, um, how has uh, the pandemic impacted their activities. Um, I think tying your mission and how your mission then uh, addresses some of the needs in the current environment, I think that's key. Uh, having that kind of a, a dialogue, uh, I personally appreciate. Um, mm. I've had a lot of emails and phone calls uh, just saying, I, I want to keep you and the bank up to speed on, on what we're doing. Um, and, and that's helpful. Uh, certainly, uh, from, from the bank's perspective, uh, we want to continue to be able to support uh, our nonprofit clients in, in any way that we can. Uh, now, does that mean that maybe things that we have done in the past, um, they may or may not change? I think we all have to be flexible um, because of a sponsorship of an event looks differently, obviously, when that event is canceled or when it becomes a virtual event. You know, I, there's, there's so much out there that we're trying to stay in contact with our donors. I, I'm speaking we as though <laughs> I'm a nonprofit, um, that it's, it's so important to, to really kind of think creatively. Uh, another piece of advice that I would give and I think this is important regardless of the season or whether we're in a robust economy or struggling through this pandemic. And that is to get a sense of what the corporate donor wants, uh, what is important to that donor. I think that's especially important when you start talking to corporations about larger gifts. Mm. Um, that's, uh, Although we understand um, the benefits of, of co-branding or sponsoring on a particular event or series of events, uh, there may be something that a nonprofit is doing in the community that resonates a lot more with the philanthropic goals and objectives of that corporation. So I think that now's a really great time to, to have that conversation about 
saying, you know, we may need to shift how we're raising money. Um, tell me what's important to your business and, and try to find then a way to, to continue that relationship in light of the fact that so many things are changing. Looking for that win-win-win proposition, the three wins being obviously the people or the cause served by the nonprofit, uh, the nonprofit itself, you know, staying healthy and viable, and of course, the donor's interest, in this case, the, the donation from the business sector. And, and your wisdom here is so helpful as you're encouraging us to maintain those fundraising fundamentals, to stay in touch with our business sector donors, so certainly with great sensitivity to the moment, the economic challenges that all of us are facing, and yet that our, our friends in the business sector still want to know what we're up to and that we need to be listening and observing to make sure we're doing so with that particular business's interest in mind as they think about their charitable giving. And let me ask you this, I've just sort of wondered this, I'm curious on your perspective that, you know, the business sector is not just one monolithic sector. And right now in particular, some industries are doing better than others, right? You know, the food industry, the technology industry are doing very well. The airlines, hotels, not so much. Right. Um, you know, again, as, as, a, as I'm a fundraiser, I'm thinking, uh, you know, a national corporation, a local family-owned business. Again, there might be a distinction there. Uh, is, is that, uh, am I on the right track there in thinking about how I should be planning my fundraising when I think about my friends in the business sector? Uh, yes, uh, you have to be aware of, um, again, I guess, priorities. You know, whether it is a uh, there are some small, closely held businesses uh, that are doing very well. Um, there are others who are huge organizations that are cutting back on employees and, and cutting a lot of other expenses. So I, I think we always talk about the importance of researching. You know, do as much research uh, before you go into that conversation uh, asking for financial support. So if, again, to your earlier comment, there's a, a large degree of judgment and sensitivity to what's going on right now, but that doesn't mean that we should be stopping uh, our conversations about philanthropy. And of course, we encourage our fundraisers to plan, that failing to plan is planning to fail, and to look ahead one and two years ahead with a fundraising plan and of course, here in the amidst the pandemic, the news changes daily, let alone weekly, let alone monthly. But but as you and your colleagues get together, you put together the bank's annual budget. You speak into that. Um, we know that charitable giving is often included in those budget discussions amongst our business sector friends. What are you seeing here? I mean, are we? Is it going to be a year, two years, three years? Uh, is it the V-shaped recovery, the U-shaped recovery? Uh, and especially with you, with your expertise in the financial sector. What advice do you have as fundraisers planned for the future long-term? I agree with you that planning is very important. I also agree that right now planning is really challenging. Um, from, from our standpoint, we prepare our budget um, every year mm -hmm. so that we uh, you know, have an opportunity to to consider all of the environmental factors when we're putting together that budget. Um, I, I think we're all going to have to, to approach things a little bit differently um, during the next 12 to 24 months and, and organizations need to, to be flexible. 
I think they need to understand that um, because they received X dollars previously, there may be a need to dial that back or to for an organization to look at multi-year pledges as opposed to a large sum. Um, I am confident uh, with the, all the time I have spent here in central Indiana that ours is going to be a community, our corporate community and our individual donors that will continue to be very generous. Um, so, so again, I guess it goes back to have these conversations with your, your corporate friends uh, as early as you can. And it's hard to do that, I realize, because the organization might not know what, what they have to offer, but they do know what their mission is and they do know what their programming needs will be. So maybe that's the focus to take when you're having these conversations is, we can't tell you if we're going to have X event in 2020 or 2021. We can talk to you though about our mission and, and how you as a corporate donor can impact our mission. So there may be a shift, a very definite shift in having conversations with corporations instead of sponsoring an event or a series of events that you start talking to corporations about how do they become um, a supporter or underwriter of programming or your mission in general. Well, and that is just great wisdom, uh, born of years of experience and also your frontline expertise. Uh, thank you so much uh, for providing us with that guidance. Ann Merkel is a senior leader at the National Bank of Indianapolis, and you can see why we invited her to our Board of Visitors. We don't let just anybody on that Board of Visitors. We are fortunate to recruit wonderful people like Ann who have both intelligence and heart-filled passion for our sector. And thank you so much. Uh, and we want to remind folks that at the Fundraising School, we're still open for business. Things look a little bit different. Uh, but we've devised something that we love calling TFRS at your desk. TFRS for the fundraising school, TFRS at your desk, uh, where we have these free podcasts. We have uh, monthly gatherings called Fridays with the Fundraising School, once a month, where we get together for an hour to share information, answer your questions, uh, have peer-to-peer -peer learning. Yeah, we can commiserate and vent a little bit during those free sessions as well. We still have our public courses, the courses that lead up to the Certificate in Fundraising Management and the courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Leadership. Those are available online. We hope to be back in person at the end of August uh, in our home city of Indianapolis. Stay tuned, of course, as the details change day to day and week to week on what we can and cannot do in group settings. Uh, but all of our public courses are eligible for the new Crisis Response Scholarship up to 50% off the registration fee. And we're also running a summer learning institute. It's called the Series in Current Affairs Fundraising, five half-day courses on topics that we've been asked about during the pandemic to help you tailor and adjust your fundraising for such a time as this. Uh, and if you take all five courses, you earn the Current Affairs Fundraising Certificate. All this is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school, where you can also follow us on different social media platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, and my favorite, of course, is Twitter. With Ann Merkel, this is Bill Stanjakavich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.